0: ALGAR PRODUCTIONS ALGAR PRODUCTIONS ALGAR PRODUCTIONS ALGAR
1: PRODUCTIONS
0: ALGAR PRODUCTIONS You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. <music> Episode 294, covering 1159 and Relativity.
1: Uh, I think we can probably just call off this week, right?
0: No, that's it. That's that's my. Su- I went ahead and summarized yours as well. That's the summary for both episodes. Oh, good. Uh, okay,
1: we're done. I can go back to bed.
0: Yeah. Hi, friends. Uh, this was a rough week.
1: This was. Oh my god. Um, this sucked.
0: I mean, let's let's be clear. They suck for very different reasons. We're gonna have stuff to talk about, and I won't just be like, "Well, this one was more of the same." Mm. Like, no, they were they were both different. At least. Mm-hmm. but ooh. you know and the second one wasn't nearly as bad as the first you
1: know the phrase picnic basket full of ass turds gets thrown all around a lot these days but oh constantly. Damn. i i hear that phrase 80 times a day oh, easily man, it's like you can't even leave the house with just like hey there's that picnic basket full of ass turds you ordered
0: yeah i see it on t-shirts mm-hmm. coffee mugs actual ass turds yep. just everywhere it's a, it's a popular expression, and really, in retrospect, we should have copyrighted uh-huh. it. More fool us, I'm afraid. I suppose so. We deserve something for going through all this. We sure do. Because, oi.
1: Vo- Voyager, you owe me a check.
0: I mean, it's not as... The, season 5 at least had some highlights. It's not as bad as Season 3, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the next worst one. Yep. We've had some pretty rough ones, and, and these two are among them, and... Our pal Irish Gav, who has watched ahead, Mm -hmm. went back through his old notes and said, "Uh, you're probably going to feel this way next week, too.
1: To go back to the halcyon days of season four.
0: Yeah. Four was good. Like, three was terrible, and we're like, oh, is this it for the rest of the show? And then four showed some hope. Seven of nine showed up. Mm -hmm. and They did some good stuff. And now five is all over the place. And these two, boy. Why why don't you tell us, Matt? Tell us what happened. Well, tell us some words, because nothing happened. Yeah,
1: nothing happened. Literally.
0: but... But talk for a couple of minutes about 1159.
1: All right, folks. What do we want to see in an episode of Voyager more than anything fucking else? That's fucking right, little Johnny in the back row. A boring flashback to the year 2000 about one of Janeway's ancestors and how she worked in a bookstore for a week. Very good, little Johnny. You'll go far in this man's army. So, Neelix is, in, some, in for, it is, for some unfathomable reason, interested in Earth culture. This seems like his most kiss-assiest attempt to suck up to Janeway yet, but fine, whatever. So after grilling Kate about the Great Wall of China, Kate spins him a yarn about Shannon St. whatever, her ancestor who got stuck in bug Virginia because her car broke down because it's a piece of garbage. Shannon, or classic Kate, as I took to calling her in my notes, up and uh, holds up in the very used bookstore that I also spent most of the 2000s and gets a job with a Rome-obsessed TV's Frank and his son who, let's be honest here, resembles my early 2000s brother. Uh, except for the ugly dragon shirt. I was the one who thought that looked cool. So TV's Frank is trying to sh- save this shitty garbage town from an evil investor who plans to bring actual jobs and respects to his- and respect to his community. S- seriously. Like, they're literally building an important self-sustaining biodome that could save this turdberg. But Lawrence St. Whitehair doesn't like it because it's not how the Romans would do it. Well, Lawrence, the Romans would have done it with slaves. So I guess they're not so fucking perfect after all. Anyway, Classic Kate finds herself warming to TV's Frank for some reason, but refuses to get tied down selling books for a living. Yeah, I hear you, sister. Don't give in to Sweet Lady Bookstore's siren call. All she'll leave you with is no pension and a lot of, and a lot of books you bought with an employee discount. Anyway, Evil Investor offers Classic Kate a real job doing real engineer work, and she inve- eventually convinces TV's Frank to just fucking rebuild his stupid bookstore in the new fucking city, which was always an option anyway... And then they get buried, and she brings some fucking class to the Janeway family. Back on Voyager, the crew gathers in the mess hall to honor their captain. Back at my place, I pour another drink and wonder what devil cursed me to watch this show and why I never learned how to play the fiddle. Yeah, if you're not
0: following Matt on Twitter, at Robot Matt, uh, he's been posting little, uh, not Vines, because I guess Vine isn't the thing anymore. It won't be sooner. I I I like
1: the the ability to uh, film for as long as I goddamn want. Yeah,
0: and a little, like, he's sort of live-tweeting his reactions to certain Voyager episodes, usually the negative ones. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you, like, record one that says, yay, I am happy about this, but... Th- no, there's a reason this, for that. This past time, you, you shot yourself um, pouring a very large drink and then drinking said drink, mm-hmm.
1: so... If it didn't come also, out, I was actually very drunk when I wrote that summary, so...
0: What?! Mm-hmm. No way. There's a lot also, of yelling. Point, point of clarification, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't Bugfuck Virginia, it was Bugfuck Ohio. Oh. Just, just.
1: My Ohio. apologies to Ohio and Virginia.
0: Well, I was born in Virginia, and, they, like, I don't want to sully the, the state I was born in because of this horrible,
1: horrible bug uh, Bugfuck Virginia. I was born there, you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, so. This so badly. What? Like my
0: notes, like your notes, I have half a page of just the letter A in caps.
1: Uh,
0: just uh, you were not happy, no. And I knew you weren't happy
1: as soon as the old ranting technophobe showed oh, up. Oh my god, this is let's just launch into my bad thing. Okay, I hate this guy. This is your bad thing? That's weird. I hate him, I hate him so much. He's this an <laughs> annoying, pompous asshole just living in the past. Specifically ancient Rome of all places. Are you kidding me? And he keeps bringing it up. Well, that's not how the Romans would do it. This was a fine, better time. Like, he gets into an argument with uh, Classic Kate about fucking how great Rome is. And she's like, yeah, but what about all the filth? Yeah, what about all the great stuff they did, too? Philosophy and um, pots and uh, living to 30. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and just keeping his town from being anything other than total shit garbage. Like, he's the only dude that's keeping his neighbors from this big payout, and he loves it. He gets up every morning just like, mm, ah, mm, God, it feels great to ruin everything for everyone in my town and just stand here on my mortal high ground sniffing the sweet smell of my own farts.
0: Well, it was supposed to be like, that sympathetic character, like big corporations are coming in and building a mall, and I'm a small store owner, and I won't give up, And but it didn't come off like that. That's, not, that's I, not what's happening, though. They're building... No, 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 this. I know, Ooh. but that's... I know, we'll, we'll get there, but what I'm saying is that's what they wanted, and I think they didn't spend enough time making him sympathetic. Mm. They just assumed, we've seen this movie a hundred times, so you're obviously on his side, yeah. so we won't bother making him likable. Oh, man. So, yeah, let's talk about the thing they want to build, which is, what do what they call it? The Millennium It's the Millennium Wall, Gate, they, they call it. it. Thank you, the Millennium Which Gate. is not to be which,
1: confused with the Millennium Park that was built in my neighborhood when I was a kid. Or is it the Millennium Wheel that's in London? Uh, Maybe. The Millennium Eye? I, is that it? The big Ferris wheel?
0: That might be okay. it.
1: Walking Eye. It's a walking eye, Brock. But I believe it was
0: built to commemorate the, the turn of the 19s to the 20s. Sure. I think that was, the, I could be all wrong, and I'm sure people will correct me if I am, and I, I probably just ignore that.
1: And if what um, 2 off, it would have turned into a giant robot to save us all. <laughs> or an eye. Or an like eye. Like an
0: actual eye. Just suddenly there's a there's a big, fleshy, biological eyeball in London. I
1: just picture it rising up into the sky and sending omex to kill people. Yeah,
0: probably. Sure. But the, the the idea, like, okay, initially they're talking about the, the wonders of the ancient world and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, they, uh, Neelix b- brings up the uh, uh, widely debunked fact mm. that you can see the Great Wall of China from space, which you can't. You
1: can't. And enough people live in space now that they can prove that.
0: And it the thing is, it's, it's like widely believed. And okay, fine. If anyone else had said it, I'd just be like, well, that's wrong. But Neelix said it, so it made me angry. Mm.
1: Maybe they no, made it you bi- can't maybe in the future, they made it bigger so that you can see it from space <laughs> <laughs> that
0: could be, um, but anyway the the idea was, oh, and there was this other thing that my ancestor was involved with, the Millennium gate, which was built in the midwest and and it was a biodome, and it was this technological wonder that you could you know, and it was supposed to be this marvel of early twenty first century like uh ingenuity, mm. so like we set that up in the beginning, so we already knew this thing was supposed to be important and cool and kind of a, a monument to, to achievement. Let me ask you and this. Not, not a ball.
1: Important and cool. How come uh, Poly Shore and Stephen Baldwin got into it? I don't. No, no, no. They were in the test one. Oh,
0: that's right. Excuse me. Those were experimental biodomes. This was the final product. This was the, those were the prototypes. This was the, the, the big one. Well,
1: how did they expect it to function without the Pauly Shore factor?
0: Well, they, they took they collected data from the Pauly Shore uh, experiments <laughs> and the implemented Polyshore those tapes. into their design. Yeah, he he was the crash test dummy, not the band, but the the actual dummies mm-hmm. like of of the Biosphere Project. <laughs> so based on the data of of repeatedly throwing him into the wall of the biodome, good, good. They were able to build a better biodome that people could withstand being thrown against the wall. Mm-hmm. I I guess I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not an engineer, man.
1: <clears throat> I just play one on TV.
0: I just know you can't see the Great Wall of China from space mm. do you? like so shut up but I, the, the point is we set up that this is an important thing yes. it is it is actually a a memorable thing that people still talk about in the twenty fourth century, mm. and then we flash back to this guy fighting it like it's a fucking strip mall. Mm. when we already know no dude, it's important. What is your problem? I
1: don't want it. They're always big business coming in here and trying to crush the little guy. no you're telling that's not what's shitful. happening here well not also that's not what's happening there. They
0: offered to let him keep his bookstore in inside the thing yeah and he no i don't want that it's not like barnes and noble coming in and buying your independent bookstore that's not what happened no,
1: we'll move you in dude uh,
0: yeah we'll let you keep doing what you're doing inside the structure we want to build that is for everyone so it's not just about you
1: my my family's owned bookstores for three generations that's too and long you
0: can continue to do so but the thing is he could pass it down to his dumb kid his dumb kid doesn't want to work at a fucking bookstore of course he doesn't. He knows what the internet is. Yeah. He he plays video games. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first uh, acknowledgement that video games exist in the Star Actual Trek universe. Actual video games,
1: not just like holodeck adventures.
0: Right. No, and, and what the title he said didn't ring a bell, but by this point I already wasn't playing a lot of games, so they might have made it up or it might have been no, real. No, it, it
1: wasn't a real game, trust me. 2000 to okay. 2001 is exactly when, when I knew the most about video games that I ever watched. Ah.
0: See for me it was like 87 to 94 mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But uh okay. Um but in any case he's playing video games. He's he's got the internet. So yeah, maybe uh maybe he'll do something like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll you know, like who knows. Maybe he won't be like his dad. I mean god forbid anyone is like that guy cuz
1: ugh. Ugh. and that little boy who nobody liked grew up to be Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> ugh.
0: But but I mean it could like that guy's DNA is part of Kate yep like he's a direct ancestor of of Kate so she's got all that crap in her somewhere Ugh,
1: thank God she burnt he burnt it all out that's another <laughs> she thing.
0: had the doctor just like strip out his DNA
1: that's another thing seven at one point in the episode has a speech about how like th- this woman was like 18 generations removed from you you literally have there's literally nothing of her in you and we're both just like why do they look the exactly the same
0: yeah no the thing is and this is my good thing. In theory, the basic idea, the very, very basic skeleton of this episode, I like, Mm -hmm. I like the idea of like, this is very interesting. It's unique. It's a different kind of story. We haven't seen in Star Trek before of the of the captain saying I had a famous ancestor Mm -hmm. and then keep most of the action in the past without bringing in an alien intervention or time travel or whatever. Like, just just tell the story of what actually happened. And that's it. Yeah. Like, the problem is she wasn't famous and there wasn't any action. No, nothing
1: fucking happens in this episode. The
0: big the big revelation was, oh, I was told she did this thing and she didn't even do this thing. Mm-hmm. She was just a lady who contributed to a big project. She was just one very tiny cog in a giant machine, which is fine. People are. You got to make a living. I am a currently a, a tiny cog in a giant machine and I'm fine sure. with that. I'm not criticizing that, but she wasn't historically important. Like- Kate mentions she has an ancestor that helped build the first Martian colony. I would love an episode. The thing is, there's a bit where they're all in the mess hall and they're all off duty and they're doing that thing you love Mm -hmm. where they're, they're off duty and just trading stories and kind of shooting the shit and it's nice and it's casual. If they did a whole episode where all of them sat around and told a story about their ancestors, my only caveat would be as it pertains to the history of space travel. Yeah. So it, kind of sticks with the basic premise of the show. I don't want a crazy sci-fi concept, mm-hmm. but my ancestor helped build the colony on Mars. Oh yeah? My ancestor, and Harry briefly tells a story about his ancestor being on a generation ship. Sure. Like did this. And uh Chakotay's, like maybe could talk about how his tribe left Earth and set up on another planet yeah. somewhere. Like they've they've all got something in their past that has to do with space. That could have been a cool thing. Like the they there was something here. There was a spark of a good idea here, but they didn't do anything with yeah. it. Like, and that really bugged me. That bugged me more because there was there was potential here that they completely squandered. I was waiting to see where ancient Janeway was doing something cool and she never did.
1: Well, I mean, like, let's be honest. One of the best DS9 episodes ever is about, is, like, not set on the stage. It's set in the past and about, like, nothing. Yeah, but
0: there's... There's still high concept sci-fi stuff intervening. Oh, no, listen,
1: I'm not saying that, but I am saying like you can do a good episode based on this and they just. Yeah, but they didn't like. No, this is terrible.
0: And again, I don't want there to be big action. I don't even need there to be aliens or anything like that. I just want it to have some relevance to something. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea was that she the the, the moral of the episode, the, the arc that Kate goes through is this woman always inspired me. Now it turns out she was no one, mm-hmm. and Seven says, "Well, okay, but you got this far believing the lie, so she still inspired you. Yeah, and that's that's not bad actually. No, that's actually but that's
1: a pretty good uh,
0: moral, I guess. Yeah, you know what? You're still inspired. You're still Captain Janeway now, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. And she helped you get there, so she must be something. Yeah. Which okay, but if we've spent the entire episode learning that with her, that's boring. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like there was that that character moment was pretty good, but the rest of it, ugh.
1: just ugh. I, it's it's so." Oh, it's just inf- and there, this that whole episode just infuriates me. And there were so many
0: tell don't show moments. There were so many. Like I said, they talked about the um, the the colony on Mars thing. That would have been more interesting. Mm-hmm. They, they brought up a bunch of stuff that would have been more interesting up to and including when Kate leaves town and says she saw a complete replica of Da Vinci's The Last Supper made out of corn. Mm-hmm.
1: We didn't even get to see that. No. Come on. What the hell's wrong with you? Show me the corn last supper. <laughs> Don't tell me. What a first rule of writing school, guys. You show, you show the corn Last Supper.
0: They're they're, they're just cob teases, is what they oh are. Oh my god. I know. I was I was desperately what. Oh god, what sounds okay? Ooh, yeah, that works.
1: That's some good thinking on your feet, though. Al,
0: I'll give you that. Thanks. I I don't always bring the material, but sometimes it, it occurs to me like just by accident.
1: Like let's be honest, <laughs> that's a bad joke, but you executed it very quickly.
0: Cob tease Coral. <laughs> By the way, that is my favorite internet meme. The, uh, the walking dead dad telling his terrible dad jokes to his son, Coral.
1: Coral. Still
0: makes me laugh. The thing that really bugged me the most, though, like this is my bad thing. Yep. Every time we flashback, mm-hmm. we get like every time somebody very heavy handedly says some cute thing about space or the future. Like, well, think about the future. The future is interesting. What will happen in the future? Space, space, the future, interesting space. Uh, Shut up. The writers
1: thought this was clever. It was not clever. No.
0: It was not at all.
1: Guys, they're going to love this. Every time we go back to the future, we'll have someone say something about the future. It'll be great. That will be great. This whole episode will be great. Everyone pat each other on the back. Let's get in a big circle for a big circle pat.
0: (laughs) Oh, there's more than patting going on in that circle
1: strange things afoot at the circle, Pat. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, As I recall in Memory Alpha, I don't have it open in front of me, but I don't remember everyone loving it. I know whoever wrote it said, yeah, writing stuff without space stuff was boring and hard. <laughs> Why did I well, do this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which pushed me to do this, so.
0: I do remember Mulgrew saying that she liked the opportunity to play someone else. And I, I'll give her credit. Mm-hmm. This character was not Catherine Janeway. Nope. Like, she did a decent job playing a contemporary woman in her 40s mm-hmm. because that's what she is yeah.
1: i liked uh fake kate uh well enough yeah like right. i mean you know she's fine Ugh. that's part that's part, like at least at least we have uh, kate mulgrew in it somewhere you know doing
0: i thought it was a bold choice to not like i was waiting for all the people in the town to be the guys from voyager sure. in different roles which DS9 did really well against all rational thought. Yep. And I did not think these guys would be able to pull off. And thankfully they didn't. Mm-hmm. It was mostly just Kate and those guys in the framing device.
1: This feels like something that actual Kate Mulgrew probably enjoyed doing just because it was like, yeah, she did. Yeah.
0: And the, the most of the praise was uh, her performance. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Braga said it was cool seeing like the, like when we cut back and forth between like this lady in the past and Captain Kate, mm-hmm. they are different people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree with mm-hmm. that. That is correct. That didn't make it interesting. No, it did not. But it did happen. But so
1: it was a thing that I thought about. She, while she I was the most
0: likable character in those scenes.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, it's not hard. She
0: shared she shared most of those scenes with, you know, we have that T- guy.
1: like look look who she's friends with in this mo- or in this episode. Uh TV's Frank, Danny <laughs> from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and Drew Carey's brother. Is that who that guy was? I think so. Yeah, I could have him you mean confused fa- with another tall, bald man, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was Drew Carey's brother. I just,
0: I, I mentally, I don't think I put this in my nose, but I kept thinking of his fake Robert Picardo.
1: Mm, I could see that, like if they grabbed Robert Picardo, stuck like a, a Larry Fine wig on him, and then stretched him out. <laughs> no,
0: it's like his, uh, it's like his stunt double, or like <laughs> the guy who didn't get the doctor role. That they just like here's here, you could be this guy instead. I keep
1: wanting to call him Robert Rikero.
0: It took me a minute, but that's pretty good. (laughs) You think there's a whole series of them? Oh, sure. (laughs) Robert (laughs) LaForgio.
1: Robert LaCounselor Troyo,
0: (laughs) Of course, Robert Warfo. (laughs) That just sounds like a kids' show host. Hi, kids,
1: I'm Warfo. (laughs) Hello, children. I am Warfo the Clown. (laughs)
0: It's just Worf, but with a red nose. He doesn't put on any other...
1: Honk, honk, here's a cartoon.
0: (laughs) His bat leth shoots uh, seltzer water.
1: (laughs) The only kid in the audience is Alexander, who is not enjoying himself.
0: (laughs) Today we are going to learn about Kalis. Uh, You mean Kalos? No. What did I tell you?
1: (laughs) Klingon Um, children should be seen and not heard, and preferably not seen.
0: (laughs) That's why the camera is facing this way.
1: (laughs) If anyone Uh, out there would like to draw Worf of the Clown.
0: uh, We've said funnier things I'd rather see pictures of first, but that would be fun. I don't know. I just hate Worf. I know you do, Mm. honey. Interestingly, I've been watching a bit of uh, old Buffy Mm. lately, and I was reminded of um, Spike's whole arc in that show is very much like Worf. Oh, yeah. In that he starts out really cool and you like him and the more the writers learn about him and and show you mm-hmm. the less you like him cuz he becomes like a worse person yep and i like the i like the evolution of a cool character and when you stop to get to know them you realize oh god they're not cool at all no sorry sabrina well i i think she would i think she would agree with that he does like, get better on angel
1: I'll give him that no
0: it's it's not he's just pathetic is all he's pathetic yeah. For a lot of reasons, but it, it just it reminded me a lot of Worf. Mm. It reminded me a lot of what he goes through as we learn more about him. We realized, oh, ugh, yeah, it's ugh. Just, uh,
1: you're not yep. you're cooler when you were mysterious.
0: Yeah, there's no such thing as mysterious. That's true. Uh, did you manage to find a good thing for this? I episode?
1: like uh, classic Kate's big old sweater. Well, she's
0: basically homeless. She lives in her car. Yep,
1: but she's wearing a big puffy circa two thousand sweater. I'm like, yep. That's fine. Mm. It's got like a like a turtleneck that almost envelops her entire head. <laughs> it's like the sweater is actually trying to eat her head.
0: I just assume she bought something like the biggest warmest thing she could that because she's homeless. Too. Yep. Which, you know, homeless like that's how I want to see my starship captain homeless living in a in a station wagon. Yep. Fallen in love with a jerk.
1: Well, I mean, at least the station wagon is roomy. That's She's true. got that going for her.
0: Which is nice. Mm-hmm. She's got the. Brady, she's driving around in the Brady Bunch's family car. Yep.
1: I mean, she could be ra- driving around in like a VW Bug or something. Yeah,
0: in the Mystery Machine, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Herbie the Love Bug.
0: That'd be fine. Yep.
1: Would it be I fine? Mean,
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it'd be better than this. It would be ridiculous, and we'd say, "What the fuck is happening here?" I would
1: love that so much if she just pulls into town in Herbie the Love Bug, and no one mentions it.
0: Nope.
1: I'm fully loaded. <laughs> Her best friend Bruce Campbell, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan isn't every,
0: back, isn't he everyone's best friend? really? I would
1: like to believe that. I don't think it's true, except Spider Man. Yep. So I was trying to ruin Spider Man.
0: <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, uh, so there was the whole the whole idea was uh, we were at the millennium at the turn of the millennium, mm-hmm. but not. The 1999 to 2001, the 2000 to 2001 one,
1: yeah, the, like, which the real millennium or whatever.
0: Yeah. OK, technically it is, mm-hmm. but nobody celebrated that. Like, no. uh, OK, yes, I'm sure some pockets of math nerds somewhere celebrated, sure. it, but the the culture at large said no, we just did this last year. No, it is 2000 now. Mm hmm. I, I just remember that, that thing from the X-Files where she, she tells Mulder, like, well, technically Mulder, the, there was no year zero, so the millennium starts in 2001, and he says, nobody likes a math nerd, Scully. <laughs> that, you know. And
1: then Mulder went and told uh, Newman.
0: Yeah, probably. Wait, what? Oh, right. Wasn't there, there the was, Newman. yeah,
1: there was an episode of Seinfeld where, uh...
0: Yeah, you just switched shows on me, and I did, I, it took me a second to catch mm. up. Yeah, that was, of course, before the Seinfeld gang experienced 9-11. Yep. A year before that. <laughs> no, but the whole the whole thing was, like, there were celebrations everywhere, so they got that wrong. Like, okay, you guys are terrible at predicting what's going to happen in 400 years, and you're also terrible at predicting what's going to happen in, like, a year. A year, yeah. You Just stop it. Also, there's no Millennium Gate.
1: No. So. Well, the Millennium Gate actually turned out to be the Stargate, oh. and then they just went to Egypt. Is that where they go? Yeah, Space Egypt, I think.
0: Well, what about Stargate SG1?
1: Uh, that stands for Stargate 1, actually. Yeah, Stargate, Stargate 1. <laughs> Brought to you by Detective Comics Comics.
0: <laughs> don't forget your ATM machine and your PIN number.
1: I'd like your also to on the uh, TTP project.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> uh, hey, no, no, don't say anything from that guy. That guy's dead. Oh, no, to he's us. a piece
1: of shit, but goddamn, that makes me laugh. That was a funny comic. You're right. Thanks for tainting it, Scott Adams, you fucking garbage man.
0: Yep. Also, to the handful of people who have occasionally written in and asked us to cover Stargate after we do Star Trek, uh, sorry, we're not doing No, that. That's not going
1: to happen. If that happened, I would. that's a podcast I would do with my dad, who inexplicably <laughs> likes Stargate.
0: <laughs> the problem is there's too much of it. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to do a Firefly podcast. There are probably millions anyway, and there's nothing left to say about that show, and I would just... Laugh at it being canceled the whole time because yep. that's just where I am with that show. Yep. But I would, if we did anything, any other space shows after this, I'd want them to be short lived ones like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to commit to another very long thing after this, I think. No. At, at least it's something that I don't think I'm not sure if I'm going to like or not. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, anything else?
1: Uh, let's see. Yelling, yelling, yelling. Uh, no. No. Alright, you got a quote? Uh, I do have a quote. It was the cookies. Cookies? I was on
0: the interstate. I stopped for gas. And I bought a bag of chocolate chip cookies in a convenience store. It's a little ritual of mine whenever I get back on the highway. I like to treat myself. I see. Well, um... What does this have to do with anything?
1: It didn't taste good, Henry.
0: It wasn't the same. I just kept thinking about you and how I wish you'd been there.
1: Actually, I prefer oatmeal cookies. I'm allergic to chocolate. This qu- <laughs> fucking. A fucking fake Janeway offers uh, TV's Frank cookies, and he doesn't like cookies because, of course, he doesn't like.
0: cookies. Well, they didn't have they didn't have cookies in my planet. I mean,
1: ancient Rome. You know, Rome in ancient Rome, they didn't eat cookies; they ate fucking sucking my own dick all day. <laughs> I don't think that's what they called them. I think it was more elegant in Latin. Mm. All right, Uxay, Wait a I may o- won't. <laughs> no, not not pig Latin. <laughs> I'm impressed by how far I got into that sentence. Yeah. Ick day.
0: Uh, Alright, let's 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 push forward now to relativity.
1: Happy Ick day, oh. Al.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> let's, let, let me tell you what happens in relativity. We open on the Utopia Planitia shipyards back in the Alpha Quadrant, so we know whatever's about to happen is either a holodeck thing, a weird alien simulation pulled from someone's mind, or some time travel bullshit. I mean, I suppose it could just be a normal flashback to the launch of Voyager when Captain Kate stepped on board for the first time. And hey, there she is doing a tour of her vessel with an admiral, meeting various crew members and also seven of nine, because God damn it, it is time travel bullshit. Apparently, back in the Delta Quadrant, several years after this scene, otherwise known as the goddamn setting of this show, Voyager will explode and explode and explode a third time. What a refreshing concept for an episode of Star Trek. Also, the time police are here. No, not the fish police, although I completely understand why you'd think I'd said that. The time police. And it's not those two deadpan guys from Trials and Tribulations either, but the Federation time guys from the 29th century where Don't Interfere apparently has become more of a guideline than a directive because they're just straight up recruiting Seven to rescue Voyager from exploding ad infinitum. Which seems like interfering to me. So Seven jumps around like Quantum Leap, which I assume was that boring guy's name in Quantum Leap, and visits some highlights from Voyager's past five years, like... The Kazon and others. Remember the Kazon? The Time Guys make a bunch of truly terrible time-related puns and also reveal that they have no idea what a paradox actually is. Also, their time ship is called Relativity, which is just stupid. Anyway, turns out this was all caused by that Time Guy we saw in the Voyager Goes Back to the 90s episode. Uh, not Ed Begley Jr., the other one. The one they left stranded in the 90s. And now he's getting his revenge. A- except he doesn't, because he, that same guy, also recruited Seven to stop it. I won't say I was as angry as a certain 19th century satirist at all these time-traveling shenanigans, but I came a
1: very close second. Someone fetch me my white suit and pistola! <laughs> Al, we burned your pistola so that that could never happen again. <laughs> How do you burn a gun? Um, it was not easy, but we tried very hard.
0: Oh, fair enough.
1: <laughs> In fact, it might still be on fire now that I, meant- now that I mention it. Like, to be clear, I still hate
0: Star Trek's version of Mark Twain to the point where I hate real Mark Twain, (laughs) and it's not even his fault, and he was one of the first great American comedy writers, and I myself am a comedy writer and should respect that.
1: The poor man man was long dead by the time that episode came out, Al. I know, but I
0: hate him just by by default, like, just uh, as a result of that. But that said...
1: I'm almost starting to sympathize with him. Why is all these people always time traveling? Too much time traveling. Entirely too much time travelers.
0: And uh, let me just go right into
1: my bed. Please.
0: About five minutes into the episode, I half jokingly, less than half, but I, I wasn't entirely serious, said, uh, I bet the, these guys end up being the cause of all this time stuff in the first place. And then, of course, they were. Somebody says, stop messing with time at the end of the episode, uh-huh. which I guess is the writers being a bit meta, turning to the camera and saying, ha ha, we sure stu- use this stupid gimmick a lot, don't we? Yes, you do. Stop it.
1: Yeah, well, from what I know, that's not going to stop.
0: No, I know. I've seen the finale. I don't know anything else about anything else, but I've seen the finale. Yeah, at the
1: very least, the finale, time travel.
0: There's an, uh, there's old Janeway and time travel involved. Mm. That's all I remember. Old man Janeway. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just like, the thing is, This was way better than the last
1: one, I'll that. Well, things happened, so, I mean, already you're up a little bit. Yeah. There were some good character things. Mm -hmm.
0: There was, like, genuinely some good Janeway stuff, some good Janeway N7 stuff. But uh, it just, it didn't, uh, it's the same thing.
1: No, there's a, there's actually, there's a scene I really like where uh, Janeway meets Seven from the future and Seven just flat out comes clean with her and is just like, yeah, no, look, I'm I'm well, from your crew like three years in the future. You're going to meet me. It's going to be great. You got to. Yeah, gotta it's like me. it's
0: like season one Janeway. And she's like, I have a Borg on my crew. What? That's
1: weird. Yeah. But uh no, I mean, like stuff like that was great.
0: It was. And that relationship is still one of the best relationships in this show. Yes, it is and and those scenes were all good and there was some good stuff with Seven I gotta say mm-hmm. like when the guys recruit her it takes 10 seconds to explain it because she's like oh you are a time cop like we've always enjoyed when characters just like we don't spend a lot of time spinning our wheels we're just like we've seen this a million times oh some Star Trek shit's happening mm-hmm. okay and that was good
1: but and why? I, seven, oh, go seven's line I've recruited Seven of Nine to help us do not worry she is very efficient
0: <laughs> yep there's there's a point where she calls herself on on the comm seven of nine to seven of nine. <laughs> they they play with some of that and it's fun. I feel like there should be and this a weird was... feedback loop when she calls herself. <laughs> yeah. No, there was some great stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like they, they did get good character stuff It's just I didn't understand the basic idea. Like, okay, so in the 29th century, yeah. I I think that's where these guys are from. Yeah. Because that's where the doctor's mobile emitter came from, these guys. Um there, the the Federation now has a, a time uh, mm-hmm. like a fleet, sh- like a, a fleet of time ship, which is okay. That's all right. Like that's that's an extension of what Starfleet does now, and it's advanced. And but we've dealt with a lot of time travel through in three other series and hundreds of episodes at this point, and we've never heard of these guys before. Nope. And suddenly, these guys are patrolling and. They're gonna stop you if time travel blows up your ship, but that's happened so many times before, and they've never stepped in.
1: I feel like having a fleet of time ships, like, is really like that. It, that feels like it's really poking the time wasp's nest.
0: I think if the thing is, if you had a cloaking device or something better than a cloaking device, like if if it was purely for observation, mm. and you could completely hide yourself, and you just go back in time and see what actually happened in history because the records aren't clear, that could be cool. Mm. Like basically exploring time the way they explore space, yeah, that could be cool. There's actually and chart a reference things. to that in
1: the original series, as I recall. Yeah, that's what that's they were doing in cool the 60s. Right, that's a cool
0: idea, mm. but they're not supposed to interfere. It's just like the Prime Directive. Now they're not supposed to get involved, mm-hmm. and they recruited someone from this time period to interfere with an event that happened in this time period, like. They're clearly interfering.
1: Yeah, it's like I get like I, I I we've talked we talked about this back when we were doing DS9. I like the time cops of the twenty fourth century quite a bit.
0: I okay, I don't know that these are related necessarily. Like I do like those guys too, you're right. But I just I just wanna be clear, I don't think they're the same like I think those guys are Starfleet bureaucrats. I think these guys are just Starfleet. Well
1: now. that's my thing, is like I like the idea of these guys who are like, okay, it's our job to like clean this crap up and everything. Right. Um but i don't i do not like the like i guess the future version of that where they're like they're actually fucking around in time to like you know to, like to stop stuff and fix crap i i don't know what it yeah, is they shouldn't, but i hate that
0: well they sh- it's the prime directive mm-hmm. they're not supposed to interfere in primitive cultures and what's more primitive than the past Yep,
1: it's literally in the name yeah like
0: it's it's always uh, uh, just, just never touch anything. Just look. Yep. And we were using that is... butterfly, you fucker. <laughs> also, their ship is called Relativity, and I hate that.
1: Oh, oh, let me. Ooh.
0: I, I'm I'm setting this up because you had a great. Note it's there. such
1: a terrible fucking name. Like. Yep. Like uh, the relativity. Like what? Uh, like what other ships do we have? The clock. <laughs> the physics doesn't work. No, like like you're missing a great opportunity to name your ship after like, you know, famous time travelers or something. Like why not the USS Wells or the USS mm-hmm. Preston Esquire or the USS Doc <laughs> Brown? Sure. That would have been amazing.
0: But no, you can't do that. I would have
1: loved that reference so much. Just it, like they don't even they don't even like make a deal out of it. It's just this is the USS uh, Time Ship Preston. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we're meeting up with the USS Brown later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could totally work in universe, I mean, and they're just named after famous people.
1: I mean, honestly, like the way Star Trek works, the Wells is such an obvious pick. Like,
0: yeah, that's fine though. I mean, that guy maybe didn't invent time machines in popular fiction, but he certainly popularized uh, it.
1: Paul F. Tompkins would tell you differently. <laughs> that fucker Jules Verne certainly didn't invent them.
0: Right. But I like I, it's one of those things where I assume that, and therefore it's probably not true. Mm. Probably someone somewhere wrote the first time travel story, and it wasn't that. I mean, honestly, Mark Twain. Yep. Like, coming back to that, Connecticut Yankee. Oh, that's right, yeah. Is a time travel story. So maybe he did. I don't know. But in any case. The USS Von
1: Doom. (laughs) Did he invent time travel in the Marvel universe? He canonically invented time travel in the Marvel universe. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Like, I know he used it. I didn't realize he invented it. No, his
1: first appearance has him inventing time travel. So that he can send the Fantastic Four back in time to find Blackbeard's gold for him. All right, then. <laughs> Perhaps you're wondering why he wanted to find Blackbeard's gold. No reason. <laughs> well, I wasn't, but I am now.
0: I, I was hoping there'd be a follow-up there. Nope. So no reason at all. Nope. Okay, then. So did you, did you then cover a comic, uh, What If the Fantastic Four did not find Blackbeard's
1: gold? Uh, no, I did cover a comic where... Uh, about uh, Doctor Doctor Doom having the powers of Doctor Strange to go back in time and get Blackbeard's gold himself.
0: I I don't know how to vocally say dot dot dot, but just imagine <clears throat> that's what I'm saying right now. <laughs> the The thing is, like, it, okay? You know how generations that follow this one are usually a little rebellious and kind of push against what their parents like. Sure. So they they could have called it the Kirk. Oh yeah. Just to piss off, like, you know, the the generation of time cops from now Mm -hmm. who think he was a menace. Mm -hmm. Like the rebellious punk rock time travelers of the 29th century look up to him as a hero somehow.
1: Man, that guy time traveled so much. It was awesome.
0: (laughs) He gave us all a job.
1: (laughs) Hey, you Fucked everything up. (laughs) That Captain Kirk was a menace. He was a bad man. (laughs) I want pictures of him on my desk. (laughs) Captain Kirk, hero or menace?
0: Commodore Jameson weighs in.
1: <laughs> God, I want to see that. That'd be pretty great.
0: Uh, Got to get this medicine back to Aunt
1: May. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Now what is she dying of?
0: Ah, uh, who knows? G- uh, ben die syndrome.
1: Oh, Doctor McCoy grew my kidney back. <laughs> Dialysis. <laughs>
0: Uh, what was your good thing in this episode? (laughs) What is this, the
1: Dark Ages? No, it's the Silver Age. Obviously. (laughs) What was your
0: good thing in this episode, which is the thing we're still talking about?
1: Uh, fuck. Um, there's a scene where Seven plays ping pong that made me so incredibly happy, and I don't know why. I just, it's the best thing ever. Fucking, there's, like, just Paris is like, Seven, my, uh, my ping pong partner canceled. Do you want to play ping pong with me? And she's like, yeah. Yeah. And then they play ping pong, and I clap my hands. It was wonderful. The thing is,
0: I've, I've been watching uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which to me is one of the best uh, shows currently airing sure. right now. Great show. Um, and uh, th- this past week's episode, uh, which I watched within a couple of days of this Voyager episode, involved ping pong as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the songs was about ping pong. It's called Ping Pong Girl. <laughs> so it was a weird bit of a serendipity there.
1: I'm not a big ping pong fan, but I will admit that it takes an incredible amount of sp- skill to play it.
0: Oh it absolutely does. It's boring as hell to watch, but well, if I was like, decent tennis, at playing it. Like smaller.
1: Right. But no, I fucking there's nothing that delights me quite as much as Souno nine holding a fucking ping pong paddle backwards like in the down way, which isn't wrong. Yeah. It's just a, like it's a way to play. It lo-
0: yeah. It, it looks weird cuz it looks weird, but that's the way you do it. So.
1: Like I desperately want more of ep- like later episodes where she's like I'm getting better at ping pong.
0: And now you go up to air hockey. Yep. That was that was my like of those kind of games. Oh, sure. That was mine. Pretty good at air. Hunt.
1: Or uh, what's it called? Uh, ski ball? Not ski ball. Um, soccer. Tiny soccer. Oh, foosball. Foosball. Thank you. Yeah. Which is also hard to play.
0: Yeah, I that didn't seem to involve as much like that seemed a little more random. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem as skill like there's definitely a skill there.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. But it's,
0: it's not as precise a skill. So I it didn't bother.
1: No, me I, like but it a it buddy was, of mine in high school had a foosball table and I was fucking terrible at it.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I was terrible at it. I, I didn't go to your buddy's house.
1: <laughs> Who the hell is my this parents guy? Had
0: it, I think my parents had it at their bar.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. I didn't touch it very much, but uh, anyway. Um, Getting back to this episode. Boy, it's weird yeah, that we're I so distracted so. this week. I know.
0: No, it was just like like I said, there was some interesting stuff here, and I know they were trying to do a fun, like, lighter episode, mm-hmm. and some of that showed because there was some sort of whimsy to the time travel where she's bouncing around different eras and stuff. It's just, we've seen it before, the the fact that the guy who caused the thing is the guy who, sent them back in the first place really bothered me a lot. Yeah,
1: that doesn't work for a number of reasons.
0: Uh, but it's also, like, th- I honestly, there's an actual quote from Brandon Braga where he says, it'll blow your mind, or something very close to that. <sighs> like, just wait till, till you find out who the killer is, it'll surprise you. Brandon, like, no. It didn't. God damn it. I've, I've come to respect you a lot in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I still don't like this aspect of your writing at all, dude. Blowing their minds. Stop it. It, it didn't surprise me. You've done this kind of thing a million times. I saw it coming a mile away, and when it came, it still didn't make any sense.
1: No, it's, and then it's just like, hey, hey, it was this guy, the guy you didn't expect. <sighs> okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> whatever. How yeah. much time do I have left in this? Ten minutes? All right, Whatever. I didn't check the clock as much with this one. I don't think I checked me... the clock either from this one. It, that's the thing. At least it kept going, you know, like.
0: they These two episodes were bad in very different ways. The first one was boring. This one was just kind of irritating. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it was fun. Like, we got to see Carrie again. Carrie. Remember him? Yes. For the first the, time. What, since the original like engineer,
1: season... the original second yeah. command engineer or something.
0: I I think the original engineer, or at least after maybe the original engineer died, yeah. but, uh, I basically, uh, uh, B'Elanna got his job mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it was cool to see him again. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, this is my good thing. It was actually genuinely nice to see Kate step on Voyager for the first time, do the tour. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Captain, your ship is ready. It's a brand new ship. No one's ever had one of these before. You're the captain. Let's check it out. And she was meeting her guys, checking out all the tech, and getting into it, and that was a nice mm-hmm. moment. And you you had in your notes that you felt like it was earned, and that is absolutely true. And I,
1: it really does. Like, you know, we're in season five now, and it's actually it's a really cool scene just to see her like, oh, this is really nice.
0: Yeah, seeing this five years in is way better than seeing it in the pilot, mm-hmm. where we don't care yet. Like, now that we've really seen her on the ship and it seen it become her home yeah. and, and everything else. And is like, ah this is where it all started. That's
1: nice. My, my actual, my only thing about that is that uh, Kate, Kate runs into Seven at one point. Yeah. Ask her a question and Seven's like, it's great. And then mm-hmm. Kate leads and all I can think is, no, Captain Janeway is the type of person who asks you your name. Like yeah. she knows, she knows everyone on that ship by se- by season five. Like she does not the seem. The like, thing is, the thing is that might
0: not have been a crew person because there were people from the shipyards helping. No, as No, y- well.
1: y- you're absolutely right. And like uh, Seven later says, she's like like as part of her cover story, she's not she's not supposed to be on the ship. She works at
0: uh, yeah because because presumably Kate knows her crew. Mm-hmm. So the only way to get on and not have Kate spot her as a stranger is to say, well, I work at the other place, and you don't know all those guys.
1: I don't know. Maybe I just thought it was rude not asking her name. Yeah,
0: that's fair. When the captain comes around and puts you on the spot, and most people would feel very nervous about yeah. that. Seven didn't, but most people would. Yeah. You you want to at least show some personal interest. Yeah, what's
1: your name? Yeah.
0: That would make me feel a little more at ease. Uh, actually, no, that would make me more nervous.
1: I'm Lieutenant Real Person.
0: Non... Non-time traveler,
1: future person. Mm -hmm. That's an oddly that's an oddly specific name. Well, (laughs) my parents were hippies. (laughs) They were those (laughs) My parents were Maquis. Ah.
0: Now there were no Maquis like when Seven was born.
1: It's true. What a beautiful age. Yeah. (laughs) So innocent. Um,
0: What else? Um, Uh, What was your bad thing?
1: Everyone on Voyager sure does die a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I tweeted about this briefly. I'm 32 and I haven't died once. I mean, <laughs> you're 42 and you haven't died once either. That's pretty good. But like, yeah. everyone on this show. That's is, what I
0: just celebrated the other day.
1: Everyone on this show has exploded at least three times. And most of them have died more than that. It's.
0: Oh, Kate. Kate has died. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's close to 10. I, I want to yeah. say it's like eight or nine at this point. Like, it's a lot. Yeah.
1: It's, it, guys, it's starting to lose its effect. By which I mean, it has completely lost its effect. Stop doing it.
0: Well, we we said this when we saw Star Trek Beyond. It's like the whole thing in that movie is they wanted to crash the Enterprise. And it's like, we've seen that mm-hmm. a lot. Like, it doesn't like, I know that director thought it was a big deal. And it was cool in the movie. And they the, the movie had so much more going on that it was fine. Yeah, no,
1: I will say, like, it worked out. We talked about this. It worked out fine in Beyond.
0: It did. But in the in the press leading up to it, yeah. he's like, yeah, the whole thing I want to do is crash the Enterprise. And I was like, yawn. Mm.
1: Well, it is the, the third Enterprise. movie, so.
0: The, but the Enterprise almost crashed. Like we saw it in Earth's atmosphere, coming like plummeting in the second mm-hmm. one, and it almost got sucked into a black hole in the first one. Like the ship is constantly in danger, and it's either being blown up or very nearly being blown up all the time. Yeah, that's not that interesting. And the same principle applies here. Yeah, knock it off. Like, I mean, uh, I lo- the thing is, you should do it occasionally because it's cool. But like, if you do it five times a season, then nobody cares. But if, you, if you've if you never done it and you did it for the first time in season five, that would be, oh, shit. Yeah. They blew up. They actually blew up. Well,
1: I mean, that's why that episode of TNG worked, you know, the first time anyway. Yeah. Like, the Enterprise blew up? What? The Enterprise blowing up in the cold open is one of the best cold opens ever. I hate the rest of that episode. <laughs> I do not hate that
0: episode the way you do, but I respect your, your hatred mm. of it.
1: But, like... Yeah, you know, that that cold open works. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But it's, it's Yeah, it totally does. But it's really lost it at this point. Like every, I'm not lying when I say everyone on the ship has died at least 3 times.
0: At oh, least. way more than 3.
1: Yeah. Um and certain members of the cast have died many times. Yeah. Well, I mean the Voyager explodes
0: at least twice, I think 3 times in yep. this one. And it's like ugh, we've done this and it's just pieces. Again, it's just pieces of other episodes we've seen already, not arranged in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand at this, at this late stage of Star Trek's development, there's not a lot left. I get that. But you know what DS9 switched to then? They switched to the action not being focused so much on the sci-fi concepts as what's happening with the characters mm-hmm. and, like, developing a political thing and developing a lot of interaction with characters that affect this and this. And then it wasn't, like, the thing driving the story wasn't the wacky sci-fi premise. It was what a character is going to do next. Exactly. And that you have way more potential that way. Mm-hmm. You, you you'll never run out of ideas if you have good characters all doing different things and interacting in different ways. Like there's there's like decades of show in that. Yeah. But if every week you're just going to do a new wacky sci-fi thing, there's limited amounts of ideas out there.
1: What if we did it this way? That'll that'll really freak them out. No, it won't and it didn't. <laughs> oh. Back to the old drawing board. The old drawing board is, is a whiteboard that someone has written permanent p- ink. Kill them. Time travel?
0: <laughs> and someone changed the uh, question mark to an exclamation point.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, the word anomaly has been underlined several times. Yep. <laughs> and someone drew a dick because what the hell? <laughs> well, of course they did You jerk. This is permanent
0: ink. Do you not understand what a whiteboard does? Because th- the whole point is being able to erase Ugh.
1: it. Ruined a perfectly good whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Poor whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, what,
0: what else? <laughs> uh, we went, I mentioned this in my summary. We went back to the Kazon.
1: Oh, God. Right.
0: As if this episode couldn't get worse. Thankfully, we didn't see any Kazon on screen. We didn't spend a whole lot of time there. But as soon as it happened, I tweeted it, Matt, because like <laughs> he was already mad at the other one. It's like just just wait. Next one has the Kazon apparently. Hey,
1: Matt, the Kazon are in this one. Oh, shut up! Fuck ass! Damn it! Crap!
0: <laughs> but they didn't appear on screen. We didn't see any Kazon. We just saw their ship, mm-hmm. and it was footage from a previous episode. We were just in the middle of a battle. We'd seen ship before, so that and that its was okay.
1: Confederate flag windshield.
0: <laughs> Weird blimp ships. Yeehaw! <laughs> Somehow they jump their ship over a lake.
1: No, nah, no, nah, it's a it. No, nah, it's a it's a symbol for Kazon pride.
0: Oh boy. They're gone, Matt. They can't hurt us anymore. Mm, they tried. I also mentioned this in my summary. They they go through all the different kinds of paradoxes, and I I will completely acknowledge I like I've never taken like a logic class or, or whatever in, in, in college. Like I don't understand every nuance of the word paradox, but the idea is a paradox is supposed to be something that contradicts itself mm-hmm. that can't exist. The idea, like the the classic one being you go back and kill your own grandfather so you can't be born and therefore you can't go back to kill your grandfather. Right. And that's a paradox because it can't exist. Some of the things they described were just time travel. They they weren't paradoxes. Yeah. This guy went back in time, looked at a thing and came back. That, that's not a paradox. That's just time travel. Like. Ah, ah. It, just, it bugged me because the. The whole danger of a paradox is you've you will, the whole universe won't be able to deal with your illogical shit and will unravel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not what they were describing there. No. Just, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: what else? What else? Oh, um, there's a plot point that shows uh, where, uh, what is it? There's like different parts of the ship are running at different times. Yeah, so, which we've also seen before. Which we have also seen before. But someone proves it by pulling up the clock from one part of the ship and the clock from another part of the ship. And all I can think is, they all run on the same computer. Why is it? What?
0: Well, because time's running. To, I don't know.
1: I, yeah, I don't know. I hate it. It's not great. No. There is, however, a lot of nice running around towards the end. It's like the end of Ferris Bueller. <laughs>
0: So a- after the credits or during the credits was like the time cop guy sitting on the bus, in, in the bus, like someone offered him a warm gummy bear. Yep, That'd be all right.
1: <laughs> Nuts. Seven getting out of the shower. Episode's over. Go home. Go home. That would be good. Go watch Deadpool.
0: I never, uh I, as soon as the, the episode, like uh, executive producer Rick Burma, I turn around. I'm out of here. I, like. I have not sit through, sat through the end credits in forever, because that's an extra minute of Voyager.
1: Well, no, and, like, if you wait too long, another episode of Voyager will start, and who wants that?
0: No, I, my Apple TV is set up so that it only plays one mm-hmm. at a time, but still, no thank you. <laughs> um, uh, anything? What
1: else? I referenced that Braxton basically turned into the chief from the Pink Panther.
0: I've never seen the Pink Panther. Explain that reference.
1: to uh, me. So like by the third Pink Panther movie, his uh, chief hates him so much that he's tri- he's mm-hmm. active. Like he's his chief is actually the villain in the third Pink Panther movie because he's trying to kill <laughs> him.
0: Deliberately setting him into danger yeah. and stuff. That's pretty good. Like he tries
1: to. Um, I like think he steals like a giant space laser or something and like ransoms the world uh, that he'll like he'll blow up the world unless someone unless someone kills Cluzo. Oh, that's pretty good. So like that's a big chunk of the movie.
0: Yeah, no, I and and in theory, like we've talked a lot about how Star Trek doesn't have a lot of good villains, Mm -hmm. and this show's been trying. We've had a couple of okay ones. Yeah, Braxton is not one of them. No, but clearly they were trying to make him one because anyone who has been wronged by the captain and returns for revenge, Mm -hmm. in theory, could be a good villain. But that's not the case here.
1: I. The thing is, if you spend thirty years. marooned in the past i really don't think they should give you your job back i think it's time to get a nice retirement package and go home also i think
0: it's a terrible thing to happen i truly do oh like,
1: i agree completely
0: and i'm not gonna subscribe to this show's thing about how terrible the late 20th century was because i lived through it and it's pretty all right but by their standards okay like no, if i, I go 300 years
1: in the past no for 20 or for 30 no. years
0: no 300 years back from now the early 1700s no thank yeah, you
1: no thanks if I yeah. made it through so th- thirty years, it would be a goddamn miracle.
0: That's that's what it would be like for him. That said, if you sign up for the time, to time patrol, the time force, mm-hmm. this is this has got to be an acknowledged danger. Yeah. This has got to be something you know might happen. Like, just like the guys on Voyager know, if you sign up for the you know the Starfleet, mm-hmm. you might end up stranded in space, unable to come home. That's yep. just a danger stranded of being in out in a big open thing like space. That's a thing.
1: You're also our military, so like. You know,
0: you could get killed. Yeah. yeah. But but as far as being stranded in a, in a you know, in a desolate, hostile environment like that's because you're out in it, mm-hmm. that could happen. So this guy shouldn't get mad. It's in the line of duty. Like he should be like I'm not saying he wouldn't be traumatized by it, but particularly angry at one person for doing it to him. You know what, dude, this is a like this is a risk of, of your job. Yeah.
1: You knew Just- what you knew what the job was going to be like when you took it.
0: You knew you were messing around in time, and you knew you were doing that with technology. And technology can fail, mm-hmm. so you might get stranded. Yeah. That just that might
1: happen. <laughs> no, but honestly, thirty years stuck in the past, fucking. Oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> Here's your retirement but- package, buddy. You, we, you, we're not sending you on any more adventures. You, no, you've had and, enough and-
0: adventures we won't get into the whole money thing again, but he should definitely be extra compensated in some way. Yeah,
1: Like bump him up to fucking
0: whatever the admiral admiral thing is or, or yeah, whatever. go out and go out with high honors yeah. or give him a planet. Something yeah. like just like, he, he definitely does it. Like, dude, you, you suffered a lot. Yeah. You need like, you need a reward and you need to get out of action. You literally cause...
1: can't be like, okay, well you were gone 30 years. So, um, get, go, go shave. Here's the new uniforms. Yep, uh, Let's get back to work. Get back to work. It's a, it's Monday.
0: Also, if they're so keen to meddle in the past, why didn't he just go back and rescue his earlier self? Yeah, seriously. Like, they're they're not obviously against that. So once he got back, he could have just gone and uh, gotten himself six months later. Well, I mean... Oh, that was a rough six months, but you're back yeah, now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, don't meddle in the past, except sometimes do meddle in the past. Pe- like, I don't get it.
0: Yeah. no, And I'm pretty sure... I don't know if these exact guys will come up again... But I do know that we're going to mess with more of this far future time stuff because that's Enterprise is built around the whole Temporal Cold War thing. Oh,
1: God, the fucking Temporal Cold War.
0: So they're going to do more of this and it's going to make less sense. (sighs) I do know that. I do know. Like, all you people keep writing in and saying, Enterprise is good. I, I don't know yet. Just please stop saying that. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out when we'll we get, get
1: there. We'll get there, okay? I,
0: I, a heartfelt email from you is, is appreciated. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you you care about us enough to write to us, but it is not going to convince us. Seeing it and deciding for ourselves is what's going to convince yeah. us. And if it's terrible, then that's the show's fault, not yours. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my, my point is, I do remember even the people who love that show say, yeah, that temporal Cold War thing didn't really make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Just it it didn't. I I one of the uh, D T I books that I read kind of was intended to clean that up and make sense of it.
1: Mm-hmm. How how'd they it, do? Uh,
0: well, because I didn't have the context of the show, I couldn't tell. The yeah. Book was good, yeah, but I didn't really understand how it fit into Enterprise because I haven't seen all of Enterprise, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'll maybe I'll go back and read it when we finish Enterprise. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's that Bennett, uh, Christopher Bennett guy. He does pretty good work. I like him. Yeah.
0: I, I think I, I, as I recall, I like him better than you like him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I enjoy Oh, no, I re-
1: like, I respect his stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah. The temporal but, ones like, I've read are, were pretty good.
0: I, I really liked uh, The the Buried Age, and I remember you not liking
1: it. No, that. I just didn't. I, I liked it fine. It was just one of those books that I
0: didn't finish for some reason. Ah. Probably no, something I,
1: else I, I wanted to read came out or...
0: It was one of those that I hadn't read Star Trek books in a long time, and I picked one up that was good, and I was like, ooh, Star Trek. So that was good. I love Star I, Trek. I, I, I like a good Star Trek book. They just, there aren't a lot of No, them. there are not. I, I've read a lot of the first, um, oh God, what's that series? Uh, Vanguard. Yeah. And we'll talk about this more in the when we get to the supplemental in a week, mm-hmm. but um, I, I I like it, but there's a lot of characters to keep track of. Yeah. There's, there's a station and, like, two starships mm-hmm. full of people. Yep. And there's a lot of, lot of, like, I don't know. We'll talk about it yeah. when we get to the supplemental. Anyway, um, I like the uniforms of the uh, future guys.
1: I like that their badges are apparently someone took a Starfleet logo and just tipped it on its side and then stretched out the bottom. Yeah, that's fine. Here you go. That's your, that's your badge. I'll take my check now, please.
0: <laughs> but the, the actual uniforms are, like... Like, sort of this charcoal gray. Mm. They look like a Starfleet uniform, but they're different enough, and I,
1: I like them. They actually looked weirdly Enterprisey to me somehow. A little bit. I don't know if it's just, like, yeah. it, it was just because they're so far away from the usual, like... That could be. Trek design. I'd, I mean, it
0: could just be that the same uh, costume designer did both. That is
1: entirely possible.
0: And Enterprise is happening in, like, two years, so he maybe, he like, had a similar thought, and you know i go back to those great,
1: te- uh, those great uh those great time cop uh uh costumes
0: yeah but those aren't exactly uniforms no. those are just like they 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 were kind of somewhere between like casual you know civilian wear mm-hmm. and uniforms like like a business suit or something yeah. like that but, oh and um this this won't mean anything to you but uh i've been watching a lot of uh, gilmore girls is my is my shameful actually not shameful at all i like it a lot mm. but uh, the show i've been watching a lot lately and um, uh, uh, a character from that was in this. Oh. Uh, uh, Rory, the the, the, the girl, the, the young girl in that, uh, goes to a private school and her headmaster, the stuffy headmaster, who's always like crusty old Dean guy. Oh, yeah. I uh, hated was, that guy. <laughs> was the admiral. Yeah. Uh, that leads Janeway on to the ship the first time. So it was just weird because the two things I'm watching kind of intersected. Kind of like the ping pong thing as well. Just like other things I'm watching are bleeding into Voyager. Like it's ruining everything I'm watching is what I'm
1: saying. Thanks a lot, Voyager. You're welcome. You're welcome. Is your mind not blown? How blown would you say your mind was on a scale of one to ten? One to blown. (laughs) One being extremely blown. Ten being incredibly blown.
0: Stop saying blown.
1: Blown.
0: (laughs) All right. That's all I have. How about? Yeah,
1: I think that's it. You want to give us your quote?
0: I do. And uh, this is actually one of those, like I say, cute seven moments where this pretty snappy dialogue. She's Sometimes they write her a bit humorless, and it's funny. I like it better when she's got a bit of a sense of humor, mm-hmm. and this that's the case here. There's a couple of times where it's very clear she knows she's being funny. Yeah. And this is one of them. The Borg once traveled back in time to stop Zefram Cochran
1: from breaking the warp barrier. They succeeded, but that in turn led the starship Enterprise to intervene. They assisted Cochrane with the flight the Borg were trying to prevent. Causal loop complete.
0: So, in a way, the Federation owes its existence to the Borg. You're welcome. All right, that's all for this time. Next week is the season finale of season five. Yes, indeed. Already, which I am still kind of surprised mm-hmm. about. Um, and Amanda will be joining us for that. Excellent. So, look forward to that. Uh, as I said, uh, Irish Gav mentioned maybe. Uh, maybe we don't really maybe we shouldn't get our hopes up for these for this pair we'll, we'll see
1: my hopes have never been up uh, with voyager at this point
0: it, th- th- that's the worst thing if it was just consistently bad i would have given up and we'd just be making fun mm. of it but every now and then it's like here's a really good episode th- here's what this show could be yep. and it pisses me off all over again cuz then it's not if it would just suck just pick one we we could just MST the hell out mm. of it and just sit and heckle the bad show and that wouldn't be as much fun as as something we like, but it would still be something. But it keeps like it beats us, and then it kisses us, and then it beats <laughs> us again. It's just, it's terrible, just just terrible. Ugh. It's Ike Turnering us is Ugh. what it's doing. <laughs> All right, uh, so yeah, as as I mentioned, the season's almost over, so we'll be doing a supplemental. Send us your we'll cards be, and letters. Yes, please do. Post it on my core at Gmail. Um, um, if there's track stuff be- you want
1: us to discuss, send that in. Yeah, it doesn't
0: just have to be Voyager related by any means. No. Any any Star Trek stuff. Uh, we will be share like doing a proper uh, review of uh, Star Trek Beyond mm-hmm. at that point, uh, with with summaries, good thing, bad thing, that sort of thing. Uh, last time we gave our initial. <laughs> we just got out of the theater an hour ago, and oh my god, that was so great! But now we've had a little time, we can watch it again. We can we can break it down. That won't be the whole episode, but we'll spend a couple of minutes on yeah. that at least. Um, so there'll be that. Uh, so until then,
1: uh, see you, folks. <laughs> The
0: Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2016. Please don't sue us, we're just doing
1: this.